Good morning. Happy New Year to you. Uh, last week I was preaching in uh, LSE, Living Streams Espanol, right over there. Uh, it's still happening. It's awesome. Um, and uh, I jumped up there and it was the last Sunday of the year. Uh, but I got up there and I said, today is the last January in December. And it came out of my mouth and I thought, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what to do. And I just moved on. And of course, my kids were there. They're like, Dad, it's so embarrassing. So t today is the, the, the first Sunday of 2024. This is uh, a big Sunday. And this is Prophetic Sunday. Yay! Prophetic Sunday. Uh, some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have come this morning had I known. Um, I, I get it. We're not going to handle snakes today. We're not going to do anything like that. Um, uh, but prophecy is a really important part of the New Testament, and we're going to lean into it. And we've been doing this as a rhythm in the life of Living Streams for the last three years, uh, doing and setting aside the very first Sunday before we go into our fair and, uh, prayer and fasting season, uh, which is really important too. I've, I've been here for 11 years now, and this is the 11th time that I'm doing prayer and fasting season. And every time the Lord does something brand new uh, that I don't expect. So prayer and fasting season's kicking off next Sunday. It's really important. Uh, but we really set aside the first Sunday of the year for Prophetic Sunday uh, and to really tune our ear and to start our year off right and go, Lord, we want to hear from you. That is what prophecy is. It is really hearing from the Lord. I wrote this down this morning. Prophecy is not fortune-telling. <clears throat> it isn't airing uh, other people's dirty laundry. It never contradicts Scripture and is a gift of God. It truly is. Not something that you can do on your own. Prophecy is spirit-led insight that goes beyond human intuition. This is not just uh, you're an intuitive person and you're saying, no, this is the Spirit of God giving you something that you have no business knowing to encourage somebody else uh, and, and really intercede on their behalf to bring them a word from the Lord. It requires a familiarity with the voice of God, absolutely, and is helped incredibly by biblical saturation. Uh, that's one of the values at Living Stream staff. I love that phrase, biblical saturation. Uh, prophecy and actually all manifestations of the Spirit show up most in a church that is unified and that is built up. And that is what we're looking to do this morning. Years ago, I... Um, I used to do this, uh, this tour called the Outcry Tour, and we used to go to different cities. And, and I remember one night, uh, we did uh, that tour, we went to like 90 cities. And so somewhere in the midst of that, it became a bit of a, a fog for me. Uh, but I remember one of the nights, we were, we were in some city, and, and I was getting tired. The night was going long, and I was just like thinking, I'd need to go to bed. I didn't have anything else to do the rest of that night, and I thought, I'm going to just go to bed. And as I was on my way back to uh, the tour buses, I felt like the Lord gave me a word for somebody that was sitting in the front row that night. Now, this person, when I looked over it, I was like, Lord, are you sure? Because uh, this person looked like they were like, he looked like he was 6'5", uh, uh, like 220 pounds, looked like he was covered in tattoos, and somebody was leading worship, and it's huge, and everybody was singing, and this guy was just standing just like this front row, not moving at all. And the Lord's like, I want you to tell that guy uh, that he's going to be a better dad than his dad was to him. And I was like, are you sure, Lord? Because I'm super tired. It's getting late. You know, like, I really, should, I really should get going. And I felt such a strong impression of the Lord. And I was like, okay, well, what else do you want me to say? And um, he said, I'll tell you in the moment. That's all I want you to start with. And I was like, oh, 
okay. So I was sitting there, you know, the whole last song, everyone's worshiping and going crazy, and I'm just like sitting there going, Lord, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And then the night finishes, everybody's kind of filing out, and I kind of like awkwardly walk myself up to him, and I was like, hey, I think I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, I, I, I felt like the Lord said that you're going to be a, a better father to your kids than your dad was to you. And immediately he started tearing up. And I don't know what I said after that. I kind of went on like a Holy Spirit autopilot. And I was just kind of saying the things that I felt impressed from the Lord. And his family was around him. They were all just like looking at him and crying and hugging him. And then we were, when we were all done, they all kind of turned into you know, themselves and were talking. And I kind of just backed out. <laughs> I was like, hopefully that was a blessing, you know. Um, but that's what happens in prophecy. It's one of those things that you can't control. Uh, it's not brought on by something that you can make happen. And this is what we're looking to engage with this morning. Uh, I think there's two different s- sides of the spectrum when you're coming this morning. And some of you are on either side of the spectrum. The first side of the spectrum is cessationists. This is just fancy biblical words for this belief that there are no operating gifts of the Spirit happening anymore. That as soon as Revelation was written and done, then there was no more prophecy, there was no more tongues, there was no more miraculous giftings of the Spirit. And I just have to tell you right now that Living Streams, we don't believe that. We really believe that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well still today. So if you've come today and you're like, man, I'm a little skeptical my challenge is lean in a little bit. Ask the Lord. There are so many reasons in Scripture. I mean, I look at this, for me, some of the stuff that we're going to go through today, I'm like, you really have to kind of throw out all of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians because why would we need it if we don't have prophecy right now? Why would we have all this instruction if there's no gift of the Spirit? So I think there is a, a very strong theological foundation for that. But even beyond that, the experience of my life has been that the Lord has shown up time and time again prophetically in ways that are amazing to me. They're amazing. And we're going to talk about some of the biblical boundaries today. The other side, though, is you've got cessationists over here. The other side is the sensationalists. The sensationalists. Now, to me, there are, it's really clear, and I think this is something actually the Lord is kind of burning out of the church right now. The, the gifts of the Spirit are not performative. They're not something that you put on a big show They're not there as a tool to gain more followers or to to have people look up to you more. No, it is something that when it's really done right, you don't even remember the name of the person that gives you the prophetic word. You really don't. It's not a performance. And I think a lot of times, and some of you maybe in this room, you're like, I want things to get weird today. And I'm sorry, things are probably not going to get as weird as you want it to get. Um, But that's okay, right? Like we're coming together, we're meeting in the middle, and we're coming around the word of the Lord. Uh, because we want to hear from them. Years ago, I uh, was walking around upstairs in Building B, and, uh, and Kurt and, and uh, Mark, our founding pastor, they were up there, and they were prophesying over some of our uh, GCU students, and they were laying hands on them. And, and as I was walking by, as often Mark Buckley does, he grabbed me, and he was like, hey, can you come prophesy over these people? And I was like, sure, okay, all right. Now, I think... I don't know what it was. Maybe I ate something weird that day, or I don't know what it was. Uh, And I I think the Lord is really trying to teach me something. But I walked into that room, and I'm with Kurt, and I'm with Mark, and I'm like, these guys, I look up to them so much when it comes to prophetic prayer and everything. And we were praying over this girl, and uh, and Mark was like, what are you you feeling from the Lord? And I was like, maybe, you know, something, something along this line. And 
She said, nope, that's not true. And I was like, okay, well, all right, maybe I'm mishearing. Maybe, maybe it's something along this line, you know? And, and time and time again, I kept striking out. She was looking at me like, this is not good. And Mark Buckley looked at me like, why did I invite you into this room? Like, you're just messing this whole thing up. And I walked out, and, and, and I am not a fan of, and I will just say this, I'm not a fan of being flip, flippant with the gifts of the Spirit at all. But I walked out of there, and the Lord hit me right away, and he's like, prophecy is not something you muster up, it's something I give you. And if you think that you have all the giftings and the strength to do it on your own, you're missing it. You're missing it. So we're not looking to stir up something that's not genuine this morning. Good? Great. Okay. I'm going to do a little quick teaching, and then we're going to get into the prophetic words that we've been feeling for the year. Kurt said it really well. Uh, This morning... It feels a lot more like a tapestry of what the Lord is doing. Like, I have a little bit of a piece in it. David's got a little piece in it. Some prophetic voices in our congregation have some pieces in it. And all of it adds up together into a puzzle piece that you go, okay, I think this is really what the Lord is trying to say to us this year. Um, but if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Now, I'm not going to deep dive into a lot of verses, so I put them up on the screen. So if you're interested in diving deeper on your own, uh, go for it. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 14, uh, this is really where, uh, where we're going to start today, uh, starting in verse 1. And verse 1 says this, pursue love and earnestly, honestly, real authentically from your heart, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, especially that you may prophesy. Uh, some of the, the ground rules for us today, before we dive in, uh, there's three main rules and some subpoints under those rules, but rule number one, prophecy is available to everyone. Prophecy is available to everyone. Uh, if you skip ahead to verse five, it says, the one that prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, which is a whole other sermon, and I'm not going to dive into that. Um, but it is given so that the church may be built up. And he said, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. So Paul is going, look, this is for everybody. This is for anyone in this room. This is not a top-down thing. This is not a happens on the platform and you guys watch. No, you get to engage in this. Hear from the Lord on each other's behalf. Hear from the Lord for yourself. So number one, prophecy is available to everyone. Number two, prophecy has a purpose. It really does have a purpose. Um, the, the understanding of prophecy, like the, 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 the fruit of it, has to be understood in the context of the scriptures. Now, I'm going to say something really crazy right now, and if you don't agree with me, no problem, um, but this, this is a pretty wild statement. 1 Corinthians 13 comes before 1 Corinthians 14. I, I, know, I know, it's crazy. I know, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so sorry if that offended you. Um, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 comes before 1 Corinthians 14. What's 1 Corinthians 13? If you've ever been to, yes, the love chapter, exactly. If you've ever been to a wedding, chances are you've heard, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. Uh, There is all of this about love, and if you don't have love, you're just a sounding, uh, sounding gong. Paul is so clear. All the gifts of the Spirit have to be, including prophecy, rooted and grounded in love. And the purpose of 
uh, of the prophetic gifting and the perfect purpose of hearing from the Lord is to build up, encourage, and console. First Corinthians 14, three through four. It's, it's that understanding that, that, that really propels us into the prophetic gifting. It has to be something that encourages. It's gotta be something that builds up the church and encourages it. And it's gotta be something that consoles you. That's gonna be a little consoling today. That's the ground rules. My, my wife and I were on staff with an organization called YWAM, and I've talked about that a lot. Um, and YWAM is a little bit more on the uh, um, sensationalist line, I guess, you know, and I love YWAM so much. Um, but it's a little bit more of like, there's a lot of gifts of the spirit. It's a lot of unfettered people. There's a lot of young people that are really passionate about the Lord, but maybe not super mature in their giftings. And you're left to kind of sift through it. And one of the things with YWAM is you've got a, a group of, of people that all come together from different parts of the world, and then you split up into different groups, and you go out to a different country, and each of you goes to a different country, and these groups spread out all over the world, and we do what's called outreach, and it's three months of missions. And if you're, I, I, I will just say this as a side note, if you're in, if you've got a student that's in high school, or you're in high school, or you're finishing college, and you're like, I don't know what to do with my life, YWAM's amazing. I'll just plug it real quick because I, I think it's awesome. Six-month pause button in your life if you need that. Um, but anyway, you learn a lot. And, but one of the things, we prayed over the, the teams before they would go. This was a real steady rhythm that we do. And so we were praying over teams uh, before they left. And uh, one of the teams came in the middle and we were praying, we were praying. And all of a sudden, I heard this like wailing, crying voice behind me. And I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer meeting like that where you're like, uh-oh, Things are going to get weird here, you know? And this, late, this, this woman was behind me, and she was, like, wailing and crying. She's a young woman. And she came up to the team, and she, like, looked them in the eyes very earnestly. And she says, the Lord is saying, you're all going to die on outreach. And I remember going, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's this? Is somebody going to do something? And one of the leaders of the group was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on. No, 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 that's, that's, that's not from the Lord. And he's like hold on, you guys keep praying. And he took her to the side. They had a conversation. Uh, I'm sure it didn't look like it was heated, but it was definitely very clear of like, hey, prophecy is not for that. Prophecy is not to say, you're all gonna die and here's your dirty laundry and here's all the things that, you know. No, it is to encourage, to build up all of that. Three months later, guess what team came back alive and well? That team, she prayed that over. They were, they were fine. It was fine. So we don't want to do that. Like that is, we got to understand it is for the building up of the church. Uh, prophecy is a sign to the unbeliever. If you show up and, and you don't know anything about Jesus and someone says, hey, is this going on in your life? Like the guy that I had the prophetic word for, I don't know if he was a believer. That might have been a catalyst to push him closer to the Lord. I have no idea. But it's a sign to the unbeliever. And prophecy is a snapshot in a dimly lit mirror. I love that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and 12, Paul is talking about the fact that in the spirit, we see some things, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but we don't see it in complete clarity. Until the Lord comes back, we're not going to see that complete clarity. Number three, prophecy has rules. We're going to talk through them today. <coughs> prophecy needs to be orderly. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. 
this is something that's incredibly important. Um, let two or three prophets speak. I love how practical this is. Like there are some chunks of scripture where you're like, we don't need exegesis to understand this. We don't need like a deep understanding of the original language. First Corinthians 14 is for the common blue collar guy. It's like, this is very clear, black and white. This is, these are the rules. And he says this, let two or three prophets speak and let, one, let the others weigh in on what is said. If a re, uh, revelation is made uh, to another sitting there, let the first be silent. He's going, look, don't get out of control. Don't go out of turn. Have a couple of prophets share a couple of things and everybody sift it through and see if it's from the Lord. So prophecy needs to be orderly. It doesn't interrupt, just like he said. He's like one or two people. One red flag for me is if I'm sitting in a room and somebody stands up and they say, this is what the Lord is saying, like out of the blue, I immediately don't put any stock into what they're saying. Because I'm going, look, I hear you. I understand that you're, maybe you're hearing from the Lord, but you're not doing it orderly. It's not in a biblical fashion. So hold it to yourself. That moves on to... 1 Corinthians 14.32, which is one of my favorites. When I, I love this. This is just understanding, again, this is my kind of shotgun teaching on prophecy. Uh, but Paul says this. He says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. What does that mean? That means if you are hearing something from the Lord, you don't have to say it. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Like you're in control. You have self-control. When people think prophecy means you're losing control, that is not accurate at all. You're still in control. And this is vitally important for us when we're doing this as a church. It's not confusing. And it's to be sifted and judged by the hearer. And that's what I want to land on today before we dive into what we've been hearing from the Lord. Because the things that we're going to present this morning and some of the things I've been hearing from some trusted voices uh, this is something that I'm presenting forward to the church for you to sift through. Uh, that is what prophecy is all about. It's, let's, let's listen, let's reason together. Um, I said this last, uh, last service, and I had a lot of people come up, but if you're hearing anything that's, uh, that's like this, or you're like, man, I think maybe that's a little bit off, come forward, no problem. Like, none of us are perfect. We're all kids right now. Like, the big thing I just keep sensing, I, I sense this in our prayer time this morning, like, we need to be kids sitting at the feet of our dad. And we need to be going, dad, give us some insight, give us some thoughts. Whatever you got for us, we're here, we're listening. And that is our heart this morning. This is not a top-down thing. All of us can hear from the Lord. Good? Great. Let's dive in. This is, uh, this is what I've been sensing from the Lord. Um, this Christmas, I, I was talking to my daughter and... Um, she loves Christmas. She loves Christmas music. She loves Christmas movies. She loves Christmas movies so much that she gave us a printout schedule of each night in December, what movie we're going to be watching. Like, she loves Christmas so much. And a few days before Christmas, her and I were talking, and she was like, Dad, it just doesn't feel like Christmas this year. I said, really? What do you mean by that? She's like, I don't know. I just... Just doesn't, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. And in the back of my mind, when she said that, I was like, I feel the same way. I don't know exactly why, but I felt like something was off this year. The songs, all that stuff was really great, and it was wonderful. But I felt more of a sobering reminder of what Christmas is all about. As we're coming into 2024, a reminder of our reliance on the Lord 
And then I was speaking in uh, Living Streams Espanol last week, and I had so many people come up to me, and they were like, I thought I was alone, but I felt like something was just off in December. It's like we went through Christmas, and we went through New Year's, and it just didn't feel the same. As I sifted that with the Lord, I think there's actually something he's trying to get our attention with. Here's what I wrote down. We all feel something is coming. Something that's substantial and that will affect everybody. Not just stories of things that are happening over there, but things that are happening right here. The enemy is scheming and plotting in the dark, and its full extent is hidden. We have this sense of tension. Mark Buckley was in the last uh, service, and he came up. He's like, yeah, I just, it feels like things are just tight. Like, it, we're all trying to wrap our words around this sort of feeling that we're feeling, and, and there's just this tension in the air. But in the face of the enemy having a plan, rest assured, God is planning too. He's already got a plan. He's already got a plan. This season, and I think the only way I could name this, this word was uh, that we have a holy ob- obscuration. I know that's a bit of a college word for us this morning, but it's the only word I could think of that really fit what I was feeling. There's a holy obscuration. Like God's going, look, we're sitting at the feet of our dad and, he's, and we're going, tell us what's going on. Tell us what we need to be doing. And he's going, I'll tell you a little bit, but honestly, I don't want to tell you the whole thing. A lot of people I know that have prophetic giftings are like, it just feels a little foggy this year. feels a little bit unsure for some reason. And I think this is absolutely from the Lord. And I think this holy obscuration that God's going, look, I'm not letting you in on everything has a real clear purpose. The purpose is that we are to trust him every day. This is not a like, let's hear a word for January that propels us all through 2024. I think the Lord's going, look, you need to be... Uh, have an ear inclined to me every single day of this year. It's very important. It's very important. God is a God of justice and he reveals the dark schemes in his timing. So there are dark things that are going on. The enemy is plotting. The enemy is there. It's not a new thing. This is not a thing that's like a Democrat-Republican thing. It's a Genesis chapter 2 sort of thing. Like, it's been going on for a long time. And there is an enemy that's been scheming behind the scenes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is not new. But for some of us, we're feeling it maybe in a new way. We're feeling it maybe in a little bit of a new way in our culture, in our society. But here's what Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Some of the the schemes of the enemy will surprise us. It won't surprise God one bit. He won't be caught off guard. He won't be caught off guard by anything. I think this is a year when we feel caught off guard that we need to rely on the foundation of Jesus who's never caught off guard. Nothing is hidden that he won't reveal. We feel a tension and anticipation, but the world doesn't understand this this tension and they're afraid of it. So I think when you have separated yourself from a kingdom mentality, when you've separated yourself from a Jesus mentality and you look at the times that we live in, and you go, man, this really makes me scared. 
I understand because you have no hope outside of Jesus. If you're like, look, we just, we need to pull the country back together. We need to do this. We need to do that. It starts to feel like it, things are completely out of control and you're grasping at straws to pull it together. But I think the question we need to ask ourselves is when we hear things going on in the world and we feel out of control, we feel like we're afraid, we need to ask the question, why? Why am I feeling afraid? Because the reality is this, no matter what, the kingdom of God is going to be just fine. Like American Ryan might be really bummed out, but Christian Ryan's just fine, right? Like, I'm just fine. Like, that, that kingdom mentality is so vitally important. It will be like a safety blanket to us this year. We have to have that. And why? Why, why are the times that we're living in kind of doing this? I think they are to wake us up from our doldrums just a bit. A splash of cold water on our face to remind ourselves of what's really important, and that is the kingdom of Jesus. Jesus says this in Matthew 24. He says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day our Lord, your Lord is coming. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Guess what? We're supposed to live our lives as if it's the end times all the time. <laughs> all the time. Now, I'm not, not being afraid, not doing any of that stuff. I'm not like advocating you build a bunker or anything like that. I mean, if you want to, fine. Um, well, I'm not advocating for any of that. What I'm saying is we have to live with this anticipation of the Lord could come back at any point. Could be in two minutes, could be in 200 years. We don't know. We have no idea. But one thing that Jesus did say is be ready and be awake. Be ready and be awake. Our job is to stay alert, to stay awake, to seek the Lord even when it's a bit of a downer. Even when it's a bit of a downer, I've got some people that are like, hey, you know, we don't have to talk about stuff going on in the world because we just have the good news of Jesus. And I get that perspective. I completely do. Totally understand that. But I think sometimes prophetically we get things that are consoling. <laughs> yes, encouraging. Yes, uplifting. But sometimes it's consoling. Sometimes there's consolation in knowing like, hey, I'm not the only one feeling this. I'm not the only one going through this. The Lord sees it. The Lord sees what we're going through. He knows. But I think we need to listen to things, even if they make us uncomfortable, and honestly, especially if they make us a bit uncomfortable. Paul says this when he's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. He says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Gosh, he had no idea, right? <laughs> you could get on YouTube and like, we could literally just fashion teaching to be exactly what we want. He said, but they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. This is a warning to us, I think, this year. We can't do that. We have to listen to the voices from the Lord, even the ones that make us a little uncomfortable. And you sift it with the Lord. The Holy Spirit's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so sift it. If you don't feel right about it, then toss it out. That's fine. But we really should be a people that listen no matter what. And we need to know that Jesus is the one that's holding us together. Faith, in our first service, she came up to me. She was like, I think at the end of all of this that we need to remember that the Lord holds us together. Just like in Colossians when it says, Colossians 1, when, uh, when Paul says that Jesus, in him all things consist. Everything is held together in Jesus. 
in a world that's breaking apart, we get held together. We are part of a different kingdom. We get held together by the one that's holding it all together, and that's Jesus. On that note, let's bring Pastor Kurt up here. Would you welcome Kurt? I want him to share this word for Kurt. This is like, this is like Super Bowl Sunday day. He loves this so much. And <clears throat> I have a tiny bit of a downer of a word, and I'm like, bring Kurt up here. He's going to bring this home in a way that's a bit encouraging. So take it away, Kurt. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. You know, as, it was so good to hear what Ryan had to say. Um, one of the things that I was reminded of many years ago, um, the Lord gave me a picture for this house, for Living Streams, that we are a lighthouse and, and that we're on the corner of Glendale and Central and that we're to shine our light in the midst of the darkness. And one of the things about uh, the keeper of a lighthouse when the ships are coming in and they crash into the rocks, the keeper of the lighthouse rescues them. And the Lord is raising us up to be that city on a hill. You believe that? Yeah. Yeah. So especially whatever storms are coming, you guys. But here's, here's the word I heard for 2024. Expect the unexpected. Behold, I will do a new thing in the earth. I'm raising up those you would least expect to do those greater things that I spoke about. I'm about to bring many surprises in the earth. That's what Ryan was just talking about. Just as the mighty rushing wind came suddenly when I poured my spirit out, I'm about to pour my spirit out even more around the world. Prepare yourselves for the winds of change are coming. I'm calling you to expect the unexpected. Behold, I will meet you at that place of your expectation. When you gather together in my name, expect transformed lives and expect miracles. Have I not said I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think? It's time for you to lift your vision higher. It's time to ask me for nations for your inheritance. Many have had your hopes dashed and stopped believing for my miracles. It's time to shake off the disappointments of the past. It's time to look upon me again, for I am the author and the perfecter of your faith. This is a season to return to the simplicity that's in Christ, to simply listen to my still, small voice and follow me. Keep your attention on the children. We just heard from one. <laughs> and the young ones around you, for I am pouring my spirit out upon them and speaking to them to come to me. I believe that includes college students. This is a time to forgive quickly, just as you've been forgiven so much. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is a season to keep a warrior mindset, to fight the good fight of faith. It's also a time to go after the one lost sheep and bring him back to me. I also heard a tagline. I, last year I heard the tagline, I'm setting captives free in 2023, and really he did. This year's tagline was, more power than ever before in 2024. Yeah. Amen? It's good, it's good. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen, amen. Thank you, Kurt. So good. Let's all stand. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sh shotgun out some, some, some words I heard from our, around the community. Um, Mario, uh, 
uh, over in LSE sent me a, a great list of things I want to talk through. Roxana Rogers, who's actually right here, sent some stuff to us. Uh, David's got a few things for us. Um, but I'm going to just kind of throw these out. I think some of these are for some of you. So just have a posture of listening and receiving uh, and really be listening for the Lord. Are these words that are for you? Uh, but Mario said, this is a year to discover your God-given calling and purpose. Like, this is a season of understanding what God has called you to. And I feel like maybe there's some of you in this room that you've been deeply confused. Like, where do I fit in the kingdom? Maybe some of you that were really stable before, now you feel unstable. I think the Lord is reordering things and going, I'm going to reveal to you what I'm asking you to do in this next season, and that he wants you to take a step of faith, which we're going to come back to in just a minute. Uh, it's a year of a mentality of faith uh, and not a mentality of fear. So again, getting into that place of maybe you've been in a fearful mode, saying, Lord, shift that fearful mode into a, a gear of a mentality of faith, a kingdom-minded, Jesus-centered understanding of the world around you. Uh, this is a year of resilience, and resilience is going to play an important role, I think, for all of us. But maybe some of you, you're in this room, you're like, I can't keep going, Ryan. This has already been such a hard season. I want to tell you, the Lord is telling you to continue to be resilient. He won't waste any of it. Maybe that's you this morning. Um, there is a, a season of deep decisions and seeing God as judge. Now, Mario, if you've ever heard him preach, he's like upbeat all the time. He's excited all the time. He's like Mr. Positivity. When he sent this to me, I was like, okay, that gets my attention. To see God as judge. And I think this is, the, the word I think for some of you is, maybe you're a bit justice-minded, and this season is driving you crazy because injustice seems to be winning everywhere. And the reminder from the Holy Spirit is, God is the perfect judge. He will set things right. Don't worry. The enemy is not going to be unfettered for long, and the things are going to be undone, and justice will come. That's from Mario. Roxana had a very simple word that I think is so, so for us. She said the word step was really the word, this word step. And for her, she was like, take a step of faith into new territory this year, and you won't regret it. It's like a call back to Joshua of like, wherever you set your feet, that land will be given to you. I think for some of you, you need to take a step of faith this year. And maybe even right now, as you hear me say it, you're like, I know what that step is. And I've been dragging my feet. And the Lord's going, take that step. You're going to receive new land, new territory in the kingdom if you do that. David has been talking about this season as a season of sacrifice, which... I really do believe it is. There's, there's a season of sacrifice in front of us, a season of being, generosity, of being generous, a season of being poured out this year, maybe like you haven't felt before. And I want to end on this word. Um, a woman in our congregation named Freda, she gave me this word, and her words are always so right on and so like, I feel like it pulls it right down to the heart level, literally, with this word. But she says, I see a heart that's shaped of stone, and then a large sword, which clearly in the, in the scriptures always means like the word of God, right? The, both the word of God and the prophetic word of God, this like slicing in. The, the, the sword comes and it strikes the heart of stone. And something comes out of it that's thick and black. But soon it flows into streams that turn into clear effervescent streams that are filled with light. 
it reminded me of, and, and Kurt reminded me of the word even from uh, Nathan last uh, week, if you heard him, that Living Streams, this is wonderful, it's a great church name, you could market it, fine. But we are living streams. Like there's this new level of understanding, I think, for us in this next year that we're not living streams in terms of the organization. Each one of us are living streams, streams of living water of the Holy Spirit that bring refreshing to the world around us. This is so important. And we're going to get deeper and deeper into the water of the Spirit this year. As I was sitting, uh, sitting here between uh, these last two services, this is a word just for you, but I felt that Ezekiel 47, I was talking with Kurt, I was like, remember this story of like water that's coming out of the temple and then it's like ankle deep and then it's up to your knee and then it's like deep and then it's all the way up to your neck, like that water that gets deeper and deeper and deeper as it comes out. And Kurt, of course, is the biblical encyclopedia. And he's like, oh, yes, it's in, it's in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47, this idea that the water is coming out of your life and that it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Maybe some of you are ankle deep in 23. Fine, the Lord is saying, hey, get up to your knees, right? Maybe some of you have been chest deep and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I could go any deeper than this. And the Lord's going, you got to go deeper. You got to go deeper. I think for us as a community, that is what we need to lean into is the spirit, the water of the spirit that brings refreshing, the streams of living water that should be flowing out of each and every one of us. And I think there is more in 2024. I think there's a lot more of that, a lot more spirit power, a lot more depth in the spirit. Let's pray and then let's spend a little time in worship. Our prayer team is gonna be up here. If you need prayer for anything, we would love uh, to pray for you. I'll also be standing here. If you feel like you hear any words from the Lord, please come share it. Like this is family time. This is our community time. Like community is vitally important. Seeking the Lord is amazing, but when we do it together, it is so much more powerful. So if you hear anything from the Lord, please don't hesitate to come and chat with me, but let's pray and then worship. Lord, we do pray for more this year. Pray for more of your spirit. Lord, we pray for a revealing of things in our life as we sift them out before you, that, Lord, you would reveal the things that you want to reveal. But, Lord, the things that you don't reveal, pray that we'd be a people that are at ease in you, knowing that you are a good dad. You take care of your children. So right now, we just confess that. Anyone who's dealing with fear, I pray that would be laid down in the name of Jesus. Anybody dealing with depression or anxiety, things that feel crushing, like they can't be resilient for one minute longer, I pray that, God, you would give them a shot in the arm of power from the Holy Spirit, perspective from you, Holy Spirit. I pray that we would be a people that are filled with streams of living water, streams of living water that give your name more glory, Jesus. I pray all of it in Jesus' name. Amen.